the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, inviting you to join the fight to end human trafficking. Look in the eyes to see. Look in me straight to leave. You give me all I need. So give me courage to believe. Each week, Abolition Radio sheds light on the darkness of modern slavery, celebrates the work of abolitionists who are fighting for freedom, and equips the church to engage in the work of justice with hope rooted in God's Word. Our goal is to see a radio audience become an army of gospel activists. You're in the neighborhoods we live in. You're in the ones we're passing by. You're in the ones we call our neighbors. And the ones who still sleep are Now here's the host of Abolition Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks, Dave, and welcome to another episode of Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We are in for another treat today with a new friend. But first of all, I'd like to give a big shout out to my partner in justice, Miss Vanessa Russell, who is out in the trenches today, working, 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 and we miss you, Vanessa, but we know you must keep keep things going. So thank you very much for all that you do, for all that you do for the most vulnerable. But we have in the studio today a new friend, as I said, and her name is Nish- Nidhi Doshi, and Nidhi, we met at the Silicon Valley Prayer Breakfast a couple of months ago. And welcome to Abolition Radio. Thank you for having me. <laughs> We're so happy to have you here. Uh, Nidhi grew up in, um, in India with her family in the Bangalore area. And I love that area. I've been to Bangalore and it's a great, great, beautiful area. And she um, came to the U.S. to go to school at the University of Illinois, and where she pursued a degree in computer engineering. Is that correct? That's correct. And then she went on to receive a master's in computer engineering, right? With a focus in human computer interfacing and network security. Is that right? That's correct, yes. Now, what is human computer interfacing? I have some thoughts. And network security, what is that about? Sure. Uh, Human computer interfacing, it goes by HCI. It is more about how do humans interact with computers and with machines. Okay. So uh, to take it to a very basic level, if you look at a door, for example, if it had a handle, intuitively as humans, we're going to think of pulling the handle. Right. But if it had a horizontal bar, you're going to think of pushing it. Yeah. Now you might have experienced, sometimes you see a handle on the door and you try pulling, but it's actually a push. (laughs) Yes. And and you think, oh man, I should have thought that it's a push. But 
it's not that we're thinking wrong. It is that the door was designed wrongly. Ah. So in the HCI field, we start with basics like that, okay. thinking about how do humans use a cup? Like why should the hand, why should the pattern on the cup be on a certain side? Ah. Assuming that people are mostly right-handed. Right. And right. then they take those same philosophies to computers. Like how do we design better apps that are more intuitive, okay. better systems, better machines? So wow. that is HCI. Okay. Human computer interfacing. I get it. And and that is true. I'm right-handed, you know, so I love it when things are for the right-handed person, but everybody's not right-handed. Yes. Wow. So are you that child who, or I should say, were you that child who wanted to know how everything worked? Yeah, I would uh, dig into things and <laughs> open up devices. And yes, I wanted to know how it worked. Wow. So, so pretty much that um, inquisitive mind started at, when you were younger. It did, yes. And so who was that? Was there someone who was that driving force behind you that said, okay, go out and figure out how it is? <laughs> <laughs> so growing up, I, it's actually mom and dad, okay. like both of them. Like okay. I was equally interested in the arts, like okay. drawing, painting, oh, okay. and craft, as well as computers. Okay. And uh Come eighth grade, we had to decide which path I wanted to take. We could make a selection in school, whether okay. I want to go with computers right. or with art. And mom and dad sat me down at the table. We had a long discussion. And I still don't know how they made me say it, that, hey, computers can be my mainstream and art can be like a hobby that I can continue pursuing. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they made me do that. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I just did and that yeah, is built so my career in engineering. But I still have all this art side. The weekends, mm -hmm. we're building wooden projects and that is so doing cool. all kinds of things. That is so cool. <laughs> that is um, my type of person. <laughs> so cool. I'm, I'm artsy, but I was an engineer major as well. And though I didn't continue that pursuit, um, I kind of delve in both, both worlds. I still like delving in both worlds. I'm sure you still apply it every yeah. day. I, math is my, ways. still my favorite subject. <laughs> and people are like, math? Yuck. I'm like, no, yes, I love math. Um, but that's so interesting. Um, because my daughter was the same way, you know, really into the engineering and sciences and that type of thing, but an artist, right? A dancer. And we did the same thing, probably not at the, the kitchen table like that, but with her school counselor, you know, she said, you know, I really admire you for allowing her to choose, you know, and she chose the arts over the, the engineering. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, you know, you have to allow a child to, to choose for themselves definitely. so that they could be all in. Right. And, um, she's definitely, that's definitely was the, definitely the right choice for her. <laughs> and it's, this sounds like the right, right choice for you as well. I think so. Sounds I like, mean. like mom was a really good, um, influence on you and shout out to the moms this weekend. This is mother's day weekend and happy mother's day to all. And on that note, Miss Nitty is a, is celebrating her first Mother's Day because her her newborn is in utero. Congratulations! <laughs> yes, it's coming uh, yeah. soon. <laughs> yeah, so happy first Mother's Day to you as well. Thank you. It's the first time somebody yes. stole that to me. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Get used to it now for the rest of your life. <laughs> but 
So was how was mom? Yes, mom was the biggest force, I think. So she got married at 17. In okay. India, you have the arranged marriage culture yes. where your yeah. family finds you a boy. Right. Uh, she finished her 12th grade exams, got married, and wow. then her results came out. So then she went to check how she did. Uh-huh. Uh, having uh, been married so early, she mm-hmm. and she was pretty good with her schoolwork. Mm-hmm. And she always thought she missed out mm-hmm. on a big part of education. Uh. She had me when she was 21. Okay. And by the time she was my age, she had three kids. Wow. So she has always been persistent that the, all three of you have to at least get a master's degree. Okay. And even coming to the U.S., there was a lot of resistance from the family. Hey, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, are you sure you want to send such a young girl, you know, mm-hmm. all the way across the world? Uh-huh. And, you know, you don't know what she's up to and right. what she might get into. Right. right. It's not safe. But she's like, no, I know my daughter. I have brought her up a certain way and yeah. she's going to go and make her career. Yay, mom. <laughs> Yay, mom. I mean, I'm just sure that that takes a lot. Oh, a lot of you guts. Know, I, I've, yeah. I've kind of... <laughs> you know, been in her shoes and about to soon be in her shoes. Right. And so it takes a lot. And, and my children are older. So I hats off to mom. Moms are some powerful people. Oh, for sure. She's inspiration every day. Yes, Yes, I bet. (laughs) So we're going to talk, I'm sure a little bit more about mom and her influence in your life, but you came to here to the University of Illinois and went to school, got your degrees, and the first job landed you in Boston, right, at Advanced Micro Devices. And so building processor chips. Yes. Right? Do you mind saying what year was that? So this is 2007. Okay. So 10 years ago. Okay. Yeah, 10 wow. years ago. <laughs> A lot has happened, huh? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that, in turn... Uh, got you here to the Bay Area via Microsoft and um, building speech recognition systems. I like that. Speech recognition systems for Connect and Windows phones, correct? So it's just like Siri. Yeah. Siri is on Apple phone and and, uh, speech recognition. And these Mm -hmm. uh, these technologies are for the Windows phones. Right, right. And Connect, the Xbox Connect. Right, right. So can we blame you for that? Uh, yeah, for us having that technology. If it doesn't understand your accent, it understands mine. Ah, I don't know about yours. Oh, <laughs> interesting, interesting. So, but that is that what got you interested into apps? Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, being at Microsoft, so work, working on larger systems, right? Like right. large enterprise. What fascinated me the most was just to see users use a te- piece of technology and mm-hmm. either like love it and, you know, everything works or just cringe. Oh, my God, this just doesn't work. Right? Okay. That kind of frustrating. Like, how can you fix those kind of things? Ah. So, yeah, that took me to the consumer piece. Okay. More in gotcha. more user-facing technologies. So now I'm seeing the fuller picture. <laughs> For the listening audience, you're going to hear in our next segment about an application that Nitty has been instrumental in creating, and we will come back with that in our next segment. And thank you for listening to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. And we have in studio today 
Nidhi Doshi, and she is um, a computer engineer. And in our last segment, she was just about to tell us about working with applications and creating applications. And one of those applications that I cannot wait to hear about because Love Never Fails is going to be utilizing this application is Payby, right? And Payby helps nonprofits with fundraising on mobile devices, right? Can you tell us more about that? Of course. Uh, our main vision is capture the moment of inspiration. Okay. I'll tell you, we have uh, two inspirations. Uh, one is when you go to a church, a national park, a temple, and you see a donation box. Okay. And you want to donate to that cause, but you might not have money or you might not have a check. And that's the primary form of collection right, right. now. So we empower those kind of physical spaces with a QR code. Ah. So the mobile device can just scan it and you can yes. connect directly to that donation box. Uh, even more interesting inspiration actually came from Vanessa when we <laughs> met her at the prayer meeting because <laughs> she was up on stage. Mm-hmm. She delivered for, I think, 25 minutes and she right. gave such a powerful speech. Like everybody was just looking yes, at her and did. they were all in the zone. Yeah. Right? And at the end of it, the rising I mean, Phoenix. Yes. it took a while for people to just recover from that speech. Ah. And then a lot of people lined up in mm-hmm. front of the stage, yeah. like asking her, hey, how can we to help? What can her. we do? Mm-hmm. Right. Just to speak to her. And I noticed that she kept telling people, hey, go to our website and okay. either sign up to volunteer or donate. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people said, great, thanks. And they left. Right. And then I went up to her thinking that, hey, how many of these people are going to have this on top of their mind when right. they get to a computer. Right. And either they've forgotten life happens, right. things happen. And many did come to our table yes, as well. Yes, a lot of people yes, came to the, they, I, that's they, where they, I met that's you. Where we met. Yes. yes, yes. So it's telling her, what if you give them a flyer or something mm-hmm. with the, uh, all the information about the organization and maybe a QR code, a yeah. payby QR code. So mm-hmm. people could just scan and take action right I, there. Yeah. Like while you're in the moment, capture that moment of yeah. inspiration. And that has been like the foundation for us to build the payby app wow wow that is great <laughs> but you already had your app before yes. that time though, but right? we were focusing on just donation box until okay, we met gotcha. Vanessa. I'm like oh capitalize on the you know yes. the energy that you've created in so the audience so no one prior to that time was having these qr codes on brochures or anything like that not that we've seen okay anyway well, that's good to know that we were an inspiration to you, <laughs> but, but I, I definitely see it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're right. You know, people, when they leave or say, because I'm guilty, that's why I can say this, right? They say, oh, I will do it later or do it next time or do it when I get home. They forget, they change their mind, you know, whatever. And it's so much easier if you can like you said, capture them right there in that moment. So, wow. Can you tell if instances where people are using the app? Probably sure. not names of... No, of... that's okay. I mean, so we are a startup. We, okay. uh, My co-founder, Raji, we started about a year ago. Okay. I joined him earlier this year. Okay. And now together we are uh, promoting our app. So okay. we've started partnering with organizations. We have about 10 Right now, it's a combination of churches, of uh, social nonprofits such as Mm -hmm. yours, Mm -hmm. uh, Indian temples, meditation centers, anywhere where donation is collected. Okay. So there, uh, we've seen very interesting use cases. Everything from using it on a donation box, on brochures, pamphlets.
jackets, okay. business cards, T-shirts, right? Like wow. if you're giving a presentation, mm-hmm. uh, put it on your T-shirts. Sure. So people can just scan off yeah. your T-shirt and donate. And you don't even need slides. the PowerPoint at that point. Or you can you, see your shirt. Totally, yes. Wow. So our idea is make everything monetizable, not just your website. Yes. Any piece of literature that you give them, why not make it a monetizable entity? And how have you seen um, it really help those uh, enterprises, you know, whether churches or whatever? So uh, it, it's it's a new way of doing things. Yes. And people are and used to giving time. cash right. and check. And now suddenly they're like, oh, electronically, yes, I don't know. So it takes some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what has been successful is placing the QR code at multiple places on different avenues. And we set up like campaigns for the organization so they can track that. Hey, is the donation box QR code generating more returns? Or is it the brochures or the pamphlets? Or, oh, okay. you know, we put it up on our website. Like what is generating uh, more results? Okay. So that they can focus more on other areas or double up on right. the areas that are working. Because I know a lot of churches, um, they already allow their congregations to give online, mm-hmm. right? So what would be a benefit for a church to do it this way? So giving online again means going home, setting oh, it up true. and doing it. But if you're going for mass and if you don't have cash, how yeah. can you still donate at that point? Yeah. Uh, we also do things like we send you a receipt at the end of your uh, transaction. transaction. Okay. And at the end of the year, we send you a tax receipt. So okay. all the donation that was just going into the donation box and unaccounted for, suddenly you could get benefits gotcha. and you could write it off on your tax okay. at the end of the year. Right. So that is the benefit to the donor. And to the organization, they get everything accounted for. Right? Right. Like we are trying to not just focus on the payments piece, but mm-hmm. everything in the donation journey from like connecting to the donors, giving them the messaging. What is your money going to be used right. for to the payment, to accounting and actually putting, getting it into QuickBooks. And so is this app um, a free app? It is a free app. It is a free app. Interesting. So the application is free. Uh, Donors can donate directly to the organization of their choice. Right. Uh, yeah, we make money a small part of the transaction fee. Okay. Great, great, great. Mm-hmm. So you hear it. If you are a nonprofit organization, a church, a um, any other entity who collects funds or has people have people donating to you, then Payby may be the way to go. It's a new app out there. Yeah, and the thing is, they don't need to change anything they're doing. They could right. just append to it. Yes, add to it. Add yes. on. And yes. then, yes, and then over time, all the different channels could add to exactly. their fundraising. That is true. That is true. And I was just thinking of that. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a good addition to what someone may already be doing or utilizing. So that's great. That is great. So we've heard from um, Nitty, her ambitions, right? Computer engineering, coming from India as a a youngster to go to college and um, uh, getting into the technical field on those paths and uh, joining uh, Payby and creating, you know, this app. But not only that, she also has another business (laughs) that she... um, is working on and it's this one's a family business and um it's called Swaha, correct? That's correct. And where she manages um along with 
her mom and other siblings. There's mom. Mom got back in there. You know, <laughs> she is still that motivating factor, I'm sure. So tell us real briefly about Swaha before we go to break. Sure. Swaha, uh, we make um, meditation products okay. and prayer products. Okay. We make uh, organic ghee candles. So ghee is clarified butter. Yeah. Yes. It's completely non-toxic because it doesn't have eggs. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's good stuff. I that was one thing I learned in India that I haven't forgotten. Is ghee. Wow. So tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. So we make uh, little meditation candles. Okay. They burn for a fixed amount of time. They come in boxes of 30. So it's for your entire month's supply. Okay. And then you light it, do your prayers. And the idea is before you leave home, the flame has gone off because okay. it's a fixed time burn. Because okay. it's pre-soaked with fixed amount of ghee. ghee. Okay. Yeah. And so a certain amount of ghee per time or something like so, that? So uh, meditation and prayers typically go on for anywhere from like five minutes to about 30 minutes. And that's the data we've used to actually size our ah. wicks. We call it wicks, not really candles because right. it doesn't have wax. <laughs> right, 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 right. So it's all natural. It is completely natural. So we're going to talk about this natural product when we come right back on our next segment of Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back. We are here in the studio with Nidhi Doshi of Pebi and Svaha. And we were just... um, talking and have begun talking about um, Svaha and how it is a natural candle, really, or candle, candle-like product. Yes, wicks. We call it ghee wicks. Okay. And made of ghee. And so if it's just the wick, where do you put it? You put so, it inside like a regular glass or something? So typically people have little steel containers mm. that they put it in. It's like a little cup. Mm-hmm. And uh, this fits right in and it completely melts out so you don't have to wash the container. Once it's burnt, it's completely green because it's not in an aluminum container. Okay. okay. And uh, it burns without any smoke. Wow. That is so <laughs> cool. So um, how big is it? So the little one is about half a centimeter tall by okay. half a centimeter wide. And that and one will last for how long? Seven minutes. Okay. And the bigger wick is about, I'd say, a centimeter and a half wide and about a centimeter deep. Okay. So it's like a little ghee cup. And that one will um, last for about 30, 30 minutes. minutes. Correct. All right. Wow. So, so these are our main products. They're called Easy Dia. Dia meaning the wick okay. in m- most Indian languages. Oh, okay. And uh, easy because we make it easy. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. So... Now, with these, that this particular product, Zvaha, um, Zvaha, what what was the purpose behind that? Other than the the non toxic side, the idea started because my sister and I used to complain about doing uh, this dia every morning. Okay. Uh, first of all, you start with a big jar of ghee. Okay. And it solidifies in most climates. Okay. So you have to melt it in the microwave or oh, okay. somewhere else. And then you make your wick and then soak it in the ghee. Then you put it in your little steel container. Mm-hmm. 
uh, it creates a big mess. <laughs> and then you light it, do your prayers, then you're waiting for it to go off mm. because you've just put X amount of ghee, like a teaspoon or so, and it, the burn time could be completely different. Right. So it's very inauspicious to blow it off. So you could do two things. You could either wait for it to go off and get late to whatever mm-hmm. you wanted to get to, yeah. or just pray to all the gods, you know, that please don't let my home burn down by the time I come back home. And you said that that some We that know of at least three homes that have wow. gotten burned down, especially wow. in the U.S. where everything's wood. Yeah. Right? In India, yes, it's cement. Right. But here it's all wood and everything catches fire, whether it's the curtain or right. a cabinet, anything could catch fire. Right. So that was the inspiration for mom. She's like, okay, I'm going to fix this problem for you. And she went and came up with the idea of Easy Dia and she sent it to us, her friends, family. And slowly they're like, oh, can we have more? Can we have more? And then her little company was born. Wow. So, uh-huh. so who is your, your, who are your constituents for the product? Just other families or organizations? How is that? So uh, the company consists of mom, my brother, sister, and me. Okay. Uh, and they're all doing it in India. I'm trying to set up a market over here. Apart from that, we supply to a whole bunch of uh, different types of stores, okay. different temples. We also sell on our website, okay. Uh Go to a lot of events, a okay. lot of like local events, whether it's we were at the Earth Day in Cupertino okay. a month ago. Uh, we're going to be going to a lot of Indian festivals mm-hmm. also. So I bet this in in those type of situations, Indian festivals and at temples and things like that, I, I bet this is a very popular product. A lot of people tell us, oh, man, you fixed a real problem. You know, we've been thinking, like, why is there not a better way? People have been doing this for thousands of years, right? Mm-hmm. Why is there not a better way? And right. this is amazing. And they get so excited <laughs> about it. It's just so motivating to see that more excitement and enthusiasm. Wow. <laughs> and think about it in the line of trafficking and trafficking survivors, right? Um, or any anyone who needs a job, you know, a homeless person, whomever. Um, what a way to help a person do something natural and clean, right? And possibly have a sustaining income. So they would not have to result to say, a life of trafficking or being homeless. Now, I realize, you know, you'd have to make a lot and sell a lot to be sustainable, but still that's learning a trade or learning something else. Identifying a problem and actually thinking of a solution. I mean, there's so many problems in the world that yes. need to be solved. And no matter what level, yes, you could think of, let me stop the world hunger, which mm-hmm. is a big problem. But right. even at your level, individually, there's just so much you can do. Exactly. If you just observe like people using or having a problem, mm-hmm. you think of solutions. Mm-hmm. It's totally worth experimenting and you never know where it will take you. That is so true. And we, we try to... Um, Remind our listening audience of that very thing. You know, we all have something that we do. You know, in your case, that is so tangible and so practical. You know, you you pray every day, and you um your the wicks or the the candles are toxic, so you've figured out a way to um make wicks out of ghee and something natural. It doesn't give off smoke. You know, non toxic. And you can turn that to help the next person, you know, not only just have the same experience as you, but help them 
with a job, help them with a sustainable style, right? And so we try to, with our listening audience, to just remind them, it just takes all of us doing something, finding that something. I know I sound like a broken record because probably on every show, (laughs) I'm always mentioning that everybody has that something that they can do. And in this, I think this is a very tangible case because who would have thought of making candles, you know, in light of a better word, right? To make a difference. Totally. And in turn, we can empower other people, right? Like right now we hire about seven women in India who actually need the financial support Mm -hmm. and we try to do the company for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. We only add products if we are confident it's pure. Mm-hmm. We can give them like good ideal working conditions. Mm-hmm. And there are days where we are just making these wigs. There are mm-hmm. days where we are just putting labels on boxes. Mm-hmm. But mom tries really hard to give them a right working environment. If That's she's great. going for lunch, she will bring lunch for everybody. That's great. That's great. That's the way to do it. It's her family now. Yeah. Yeah. These people are her family. Her extended family. Wow. <laughs> and that is a good uh, labor source, you know, knowing your the source of your product too, mm-hmm. right? And being um, good consumers in for the others to be good consumers of great products, but you being the best um, merchant in making sure that the the labor source of the product is pure, you know, not only the material, but the labor as well on mm-hmm. that side. So that is fantastic. Fantastic. You know, I, I'm hoping that there are those in the listening audience that you caught onto that, that there's something there that you are saying, one, wow, I have something that I could give back, you know, I could use to help the next person. And then two, that maybe there's someone who um, might want to join you in in this and um, helping you guys make candles and mm-hmm. to help their cause, whatever the cause may be, right? And um, it all work. We all work together and it all works. It really comes down to the community. Even I've done another startup, which is trying to do on my own. And it's just like building it around a community for Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. and building it with somebody like having a co-founder right now at Mm -hmm. Pavy. I mean, it makes such a big difference, right? Even things like a sounding board. Mm -hmm. Am I thinking Mm -hmm. insane? Mm -hmm. Or even like all celebrating joy, celebrating failures, right? right? Right. Together. Building the community around yeah. makes the huge difference. Community <laughs> is key. And it, you're right. And it does make a big difference. So you being um, community-minded in both of those in- endeavors, that is more than 50% of the, the hard part, right? <laughs> and giving back. So that is great. I'm excited for you and can't wait to hear all the good things that are going to come out of that. And, and you never know. We might be making some candles here pretty soon. (laughs) But we're going to take another break, and we'll be right back with another segment of Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. 
Welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're back in studio with Nitty Doshi. And Nitty, you mentioned that you have an artsy side. <laughs> We're artsy people here at Love Never Fails. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, so art is something that mom has inculcated in us. Okay. Uh, it started off with, okay, uh, we have family visiting, make a welcome poster for yes. them. Right? We okay. used to have a wall at home, which was painted black, so mm-hmm. we could go scribble on it okay. with our chalk, and okay. we'd make a welcome poster. Cool. So it started, uh, and then my sister and I would keep doing a lot of projects. In the latest ones we've done is we've built murals, which are about like eight feet wide by four feet tall okay. for our friends' homes. We've made furniture at home. My husband and I, this is has been our bonding point too. Okay. So we were doing long distance for two years. Oh, okay. We'd meet once a month and every time we meet, we do some project together. That's whether great. it's pottery, whether it's a wood project, yeah. painting, anything at all. And that is it, cool. It has taught us more about each other yes. than we would have otherwise. Art is so <laughs> universal, right? You know, no matter what the art form, totally. you know, it's definitely that community you were speaking of in the last segment, a community builder. That that is great. I'm I'm excited to hear that. I'm working on a few. Have my art brain has been working here the past month or two, and um, so I'm really excited to hear that. So in that, you know, you take science and technology, right? Uh, engineering and um, girls. You have a heart to see girls get excited too. In the sciences, in technology, in engineering. Tell us about that. So when I came to the U.S., right, I went to University of Illinois right. at Urbana-Champaign. It's one of the hardest engineering schools to be in. Okay. Uh, in India, we had a very theoretical uh, way of education. And okay. we come here, it's all practical. Right. Like in the first week, I was told I'd build a game of 3,000 <laughs> lines of code and on Unix. Uh, and until then, I just knew it was some operating system that exists. I didn't even know how to browse folders or create a folder. Okay. And I freaked out. I'm like, oh, I'm going to fail. And, you know, <laughs> it's just going to be horrible. And I'll cry every day. And, but I still made it through, right? Yeah. And uh, another thing we realized at Illinois is that the engineering class, when we start off, we're about 15% women. Mm. And by the time we reach the fourth year of undergrad, we're more like some six and a half, seven percent women. Wow. So a lot of women drop out. Yeah. Uh, they feel that they find it really hard, which it is a hard field. But the thing we don't realize is that That boys also find it hard. Yes. But they persist through. And women Mm. just think that, oh, maybe, I don't know, maybe this is not right for me and they drop out. So Mm. that is something if we can just, you know, help them keep pushing and Mm -hmm. stick to it. It is great once you get past that hard program. The program's hard, but then I really think it sets you up for life because the kind of yeah. options that you can get into, whether it's finance, whether it's engineering, mm-hmm. art, like you apply your engineering brain everywhere. So is that when you became part of the Women in Electrical and Computer yes. Engineering? So we would do homework with the freshmen and oh, uh, the great. sophomores, and they would see that, hey, we are, as seniors, we yes. are also struggling with homework, yeah. and it's okay, we can help each other out, and we can get through this. Cool. Because when you were younger, you used to teach girls mathematics, too. Yes. Wow, <laughs> that's cool. That is cool. So you've always had this give-back type of mentality, Um and this girl power, you know, um, making sure that other girls had the same opportunities or more than that you did. 
Yeah, we're just, uh, yes, everybody faces difficulties. Yes. You're not the only one and you can get past it. That's right. <laughs> and we need that po- those positive role models for all, but particularly for women, particularly in this day and time, you know, so that, you know, I love what um, you say that you want to see or etch the confidence that they might be able to start their own companies one day if they choose. Right. Yes. So there's a program called Technovation. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they work with high school girls, about four to five girls at a time, and you get assigned a mentor, somebody like me. Okay. You work with them over four months, and okay. you start off by identifying a problem that, right. that could be solved with mobile technology. Okay. And then through those four months, they focus on different areas. They start off with uh, problem identification, researching competitors, then prototyping a solution, then actually building a phone app. That's cool. And then pitching at the end of it for four minutes. That's great. Just like you would for a real startup. Yes, exactly. And at the end of it, you realize, hey, this is what it took to build a company. And I can do this again in future when I yep. want to build my own company. Yep. They're just giving you that, okay, this is what it takes. It's not as complicated. Break it up into little pieces and we can do it. That is so cool. <laughs> that is the almost to the T, the exact vision that we see with our STEAM camps that we're trying to launch this summer. You know, the science, technology, engineering, art, and math, and how in a week... They can take those um, silos of, of, of um, focus, right? And at the end of a week, use those to fight trafficking. Hmm. And at the same time, learn about prevention and combating trafficking themselves and um, educating the parents as well. That is what you just said was the exact thing, you know, because um, there are a lot of those programs out there that are doing that and they are that is how you would take any child but particularly a girl and you know really um etch into her that medium you know whether it's the science the technology whatever right and so that is really powerful i'm so glad that you have that experience and we've already talked about you helping us out you and the little <laughs> Papoose, <laughs> bambino, there. So, um, what's coming in the other than the baby that we know that that's numero uno and and first things, but from the um, entrepreneurial side and the the scientific side, what do you see coming next for you? So next is we want to grow baby. Okay. Uh, we want to get it out to more organizations that we could help. Okay. We just think that. Uh, so one of the best things of working in Pavey has been the kind of people that we've been meeting because mm. they're all nonprofits. We okay. purely work with nonprofits okay. and the people in there are there because they want to be there. They're mm-hmm. just so passionate about mm-hmm. their cause. It's not, it's just something so much bigger than getting a paycheck. Right. right? Oh, and most of them don't. Right. right. <laughs> they're all volunteering and just the drive, the mm. passion, the love that mm-hmm. they bring. Mm-hmm. Like, I've gotten more hugs in the last four oh. months than Aww. I have, I think, in most of my life, which <laughs> is just fantastic. We, we want to help these people. Right? Right. I mean, fundraising is a hard problem. Mm-hmm. And if we could help them with technology, mm-hmm. make it super easy for them to collect funds cool. uh, 
we want to do more of that. Okay. So our focus is going to be more like partnering with organizations okay. that we could help. Uh, we also want to raise funding so okay. we could hire more people okay. so we could build more uh, raise fundings for you, funds for, funds for our own company. Yes. yes, so we could pay people. Right. Right. <laughs> we could get paid at right. some point. Right. So that's what's coming up. Uh, yeah, those are the fun things. Okay, so you've heard her. You've heard her say, if you are a nonprofit, a church, um, an organization who uh, needs to raise funds, Paybee is willing to come walk alongside you, free of charge to you for the application. Correct, yes. and um, allow your um, constituents or whomever your audience is to. Um, have access to the app to give to your cause, your organization, your nonprofit right there on their app. I have seen the app at work. So, and it is just amazing what people think of to do, you know, the little things that matter, but make the little things that make a great impact. So we're going to come right back and we're going to give you information, how you can reach Nitty and Paybee the app so that um, you can get involved and join join up and raise funds for your organization. We'll be right back with another segment of Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And Nitty Doshi, we are so happy to have had you today. And um, thank you for being such an inspiration of you can do it. You can take what you have and do great things with it. You want to tell the listening audience how they can reach you or if they're interested in Paybee, the app? Of course. Uh, so our website is www.payb.io. That's P-A-Y-B-E-E dot I-O. Uh, you can reach me at nidhi at payb.io. Uh, or, yes, uh, we'd love to talk to you about how we can help. That would be great. That would be great. And I I know that there are those out there who would be interested. I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure. And um, you are... Tell our listening audience about interns. You were mentioning possibly needing interns. Yes. So we are a startup and we can definitely use all the help we can. We do love to work with interns just because we think we can help give them opportunities in areas that interest them so that they could be for the next job. Mm -hmm. For example, we have an intern right now who is moving from app development to she wants to move into product management and we're trying to give her those experiences so that she can speak about it at her interview. Yes. Uh, We, I mean, obviously she's helping us also by getting some work done, but our focus is more, okay, how do we help her build skills? And it's a great uh, resume builder, right? Of course. Skills development. It is a real app, which people can download and you can show them this is exactly what I worked on. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. That is so cool. And we're all about that. Even for uh, survivors in the movement Mm -hmm. of trafficking, Mm -hmm. that would be something great for those who are interested in this field to to, uh, become a part of. That sounds great. Well, we do have um, a whole host of events. And uh, next week, 
is our regular monthly street outreach. And this month, it will be on the peninsula. So for more information, uh, you can contact streets at loveneverfailsus.com. And Angela will get you all the information there. Also, um, on Sunday, the 21st at PBC in Mountain View. You can double check our website for that. But there will be, um, IJM will be having their um, Freedom uh, Freedom Sunday. It will be a, a time of prayer for um, freedom for all people. And on June 10th through the 18th at the San Mateo County Fair, Before Our Very Eyes will be on display. And it's going to be a week of informative activities and um about trafficking here in the Bay Area and abroad. And for more information about that, you can go to www.beforeourveryeyes.org and get all the information there. And this week, though, before we go too far into June, if you um, are a person in the legal field, the American Bar Association uh, Survivor Reentry Project will be having um, a clearing records for survivors of human trafficking on this Tuesday from 3 to 5, and that will be at One Market Plaza at the Spear Tower in San Francisco. And um, you can uh, join them there at, on Tuesday, May 16th, at um, the Spear Tower at One Market Plaza in San Francisco, And the next day, there will be a criminal history advocacy for trafficking survivors. Um, And this will be a training for direct service providers, case managers, advocates, um, offering direct services for trafficking survivors and other marginalized populations. This is on the 17th from 315 to 4.45. And that is sponsored by the Asian Pacific Islander Legal Outreach and that's going to be at 1121 Mission Street, also in San Francisco. So those are two upcoming events this week and that are very, very important. If there is something that you've heard here today that you want more information, reach out to us at loveneverfailsus.com at our website there. If you want to be one of a million ways, we just gave you a lot of ways here today that you can um, help fight trafficking. But if you want to be one of a million ways to help us fight trafficking and want to give $1 per month and tell someone else to give $1 per month, that's $12 a year, something that we all can do, right? Um, Go to our website again at loveneverfailsus.com slash million, and you will Go through all your prompts there to give the million. And soon, because I don't think it's up yet, but soon you'll be able to use that QR code and go to Payvee and do it that way as well. And Vanessa, we missed you today once again. And But we thank you all for listening. Let us know you're listening today. Go to our Facebook page at Abolition Radio. We'd love to hear from you. If you um, want to send uh, Nitty a message there and saying, yes, you agree with her, <laughs> her with her, um, her products 
and her, her projects, her apps, let us know there at, on our Facebook page, and we would love to hear that from you. Once again, we thank you for listening. And if you have not been told today, please know from us here today that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Abolition Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and survival and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at abolitionradio.org, by liking and sharing our page on Facebook, Facebook slash Abolition Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. Abolition Radio is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported, nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in sex trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to abolitionradio.org and click on Love Never Fails. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries and with major support from the staff and membership and donors at Faith Fellowship Church. Our theme song, Courage to Believe, is by Justin McRoberts. Hear more about his passion for justice and art at justinmcroberts.com. Our audio engineer is Jarrell Martin, and this is Dave Naderhood. On behalf of Vanessa, Benita, and the whole team at Love Never Fails, Thanks for listening, and thanks even more for taking action to help set captives free. You're in the neighborhoods we live in. You're in the ones we're passing by. You're in the ones we call our neighbors, and the ones who still sleep our eyes. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.